What is up, ladies and gentlemen? I am Mike, my friend Jorge. Hello. He's actually the host, but he's making me do the introduction to the boys podcast. Dude, my allergies are killing me. Yeah. I've been living on Claritin D and <clears throat> I feel like I'm like one of those people that's always bitching about stuff. Mm. You know that? Yeah. Well, I was going to come in here with a positive attitude and say like, dude, I've been loving the weather lately. Oh yeah. No, that's what I'm not. But that's just, kind of the reason allergies. why you have allergies. Yeah. Because of the weather. Yeah. I bitched about the winter. Now I'm bitching about the allergies. But it's my dog's fault. Yeah. You know, she goes out and rolls around in the bushes. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, I love her. So she sleeps on the bed and stuff. And I wake up just itching my eyes. So uh -huh. I'm not on drugs, folks. It's just a little red eye. Okay. Yeah. We're going to be good. All right. What's new? Talk to me. Uh, not too much. Just hanging out. I uh, actually got out to the track this weekend. Nice. We talked saw about that firmly. Yeah. We, uh, the 95 MX or whatever mm -hmm. it's called. Um, it was cool. Dude, the best part about it was there's no one there. Yeah. Serious, I don't, and I don't know if it's like that all the time. I doubt it, but it's probably because of Hangtown this weekend. Yeah. So most people were over the hill uh, watching the race. So, dude, top fifteen people. Yeah. Top. Which sucks because you want to see the sport grow and the track take off, but yeah. hopefully it is just Hangtown. Yeah. But uh, I was pretty pumped on that. Uh, the track was pretty cool. You know, it's just super fast, open. Yeah. Reminds me of like a six or what was it, Exit Twenty Eight mm -hmm. back in the day. Yeah. <clears throat> Big old tables. Nothing too technical to kind of slow you down in yeah. certain parts, but I mean, it was pretty fun. Yeah. No, it, it's always, in a while. it's cool to have a prep track out here in the desert, especially, mm -hmm. but that's been my, my bone to pick with this sport. Right. Cause like Chase Sexton just got hurt. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, man, how come all the stars in moto are getting hurt and this and that? And what's the debate? How do we make the sport safer and all this? And I'm like, ever since the bikes have gotten faster, like four fifties are three times the power of a two fifty two stroke. Right. Yeah. Dude, the tracks are freeways. Yeah. Like even in Supercross, like look at Supercross. Those dudes are going so fast. Like in the early 90s when the bikes were slow, the whoops would be like four feet tall. And then the next one, six feet, you know, and then five feet. There was no like rhythm to it. Mm -hmm. So like at the by the end of the night, they were basically just kind of doubling through them. And it was kind of slowing everything down, yeah. you know, and there's wall jumps, there's sand sections. And, and now you look at these like outdoor tracks and like Hangtown actually was good because it was more of a technical... I mean, there's wide open parts, you know, but like a lot of stuff that kind of slows them down. Yeah. And you go to these practice tracks, like three of my hardest crashes ever were in Vegas on 450s because it was wide open and it's slick. You know, yeah. like I said, they'd water it. And like one time I was like third or fourth gear pinned and just went over this little tabletop into a left-hander and was watered and I lost my front end again and knocked myself out again. Yeah. And it's like, everyone's like, how do we make the sport safer? We'll slow the damn tracks down. Yeah. You know, especially like a Fernley track or something where you got a lot of like probably inexperienced riders out mm -hmm. there it's like why are you making these dudes go third gear pin turn third gear pin turn third it's like yeah you know s turns dude and like slowly like silver state raceway back in the day you yeah know, there was it was tight and technical and but still outdoor style and mm -hmm. fast and i just i think that's what people i don't know why people think that making the track fast and basic like with just basic tabletops is safer than you know slowing it down and having like maybe a little more steep jumps yeah you know what i mean so yeah yeah, I mean, out there, there was this pretty big uh, tabletop that was like probably 80 to 100 feet. Mm -hmm. I was like, looking around, well, I don't see an ambulance out here. I ain't doing that. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, there's no re no reason to do that. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's fun to ride, but, you know, a lot of times I have a good little pace going and stuff, and then I come up to a feature like that, and I know I'm not jumping it, yeah. so like, I got to slow down, and it kind of, I was telling Heather a lot of times that, like, 
makes you more tired yeah. by slowing down and taking that impact instead of like actually jumping in and landing yeah. good. And yeah, it just, and it ruins like your rhythm and your yeah. momentum and stuff when you're kind of stopping and going like that. And so, yeah, I don't know. I would like to see even for the pros down to the amateurs, like every track, just slow down a little bit. Cause like I said, I've never been so scared in my life as I was like at Boulder, mm-hmm. you know, in Vegas, it's like, dude, you're every, there was one straightaway that was like, the length of 395 with jumps in it yeah and i'm fourth gear on my 450 and i'm like dude i'm starting to feel kind of like yeah. in danger like if one little thing happens you know you hit a rock or something mm-hmm. and it was always scary it's like man i just you know like our our days of growing up it was like the tracks were fast and outdoor style but they were also there was stuff to slow you down mm-hmm. you know and make it more tech like hangtown had like that bitch and off camber up the top like right after the start and they kind of go up the top yeah and they just have that cool little s turn down the hill it's like yeah, they're not wide open there and going fast, but I guarantee if we walked that, you'd realize the slope of it, how steep it is, mm-hmm. you know, the popping over into the rut. And I'm like, I like that kind of stuff because for one, it shows the rider's talent. All those dudes can go fourth gear wide open down the straightaway. Yeah. But to like see like Hunter Lawrence was nailing that section. Mm-hmm. See, I'm watching Moto again. You like yeah. that. But uh, Hunter was nailing that section. He had this little thing where he kind of popped his back end over the bump right into the rut and mm-hmm. just was hooking the rut up. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's sick. And I like seeing that stuff more than wide open you know even the the couple straightaways later that uphill rhythm section it's like imagine if that like on a local track that's just going to be a straightaway Mm -hmm. but for those dudes it's like they they're still hauling ass through but you know they're still jumping it kind of having to like case into it and slow down to the turn and i just think they need more stuff like that because these the bikes are so fast these guys are so good that man like when you watch them now like when they crash they crash yeah i mean you know it's like there's been some big ones so i would definitely like to see even on outdoor tracks, just a little more technicality and slowing down yeah. to, to keep the riders safe. Yeah, me too. And that's kind of why, like, you know, I I talk about it a lot, but like Mammoth Motocross, like that track's fun to me because there's basically two jumps mm-hmm. that are like decently big, like 60 feet or whatever it may be. Uh, and then in the back, they change it to sand section. They'll sometimes do kind of like doubles, step on, step offs, whatever it may yeah. be. That kind of fucks me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I get there, I'm right. like, oh, they made it hard Tired. this year. You know, stuff yeah. like that. But for the most part, it's more just turns and the terrain. Yeah. Like the uphill, downhill, all that kind of stuff. So that's pretty fun. Yeah. But dude, wide open on a on a track that's half that size. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary. And then you get kids out there like, what happened to you? You know, yeah. like they're just like the freaking practice track warriors and they won't stop at nothing. And it's yeah. like, if that dude clips you and you guys are both third gear, mm-hmm. it's going to hurt mm-hmm. no matter what, you know, like I'd rather get taken out in like a tight little turn, you know, yeah. than well, and that was good. Yeah. I imagine if I going up to like a jump and I didn't jump it and he just jumps over me or like runs into me or yeah. something like that. So yeah, it, it sucks. But yeah. uh, speaking of that, you saw, so you watched the race. Did mm. you see Alex Martin? Oh, Jeremy Martin. Oh, Jeremy Martin. Yeah, dude. So dislocated wrist and broken wrist. I like how they slow mode it too, so you can really see the bone just going or his arm going forward. Yeah, that was disgusting. That was gnarly. And I, I think it was Hughes, Ryan Hughes, or someone on Instagram posted it. And it's like, why does stuff always happen to dudes like this? Yeah, like he's a good kid. He trains his ass. I mean, every time he comes back from an injury, he's in just as good a shape as when he you know got laid off the bike. And it's like, like black clouds and moto are real. Yeah, black, bad place, bad time type yeah. of deal. And then there's guys that crash, kind of like the McAdoo kid. Mm-hmm. He weeds himself. Yeah. And he gets up from it. Yeah. Yeah, he's like hurt a little bit, but nothing like yeah, it's, it's breaking weird. the like, bone all the time. You know, and, and Martin's not just like, you know, freaking eating shit bad. It's mm-hmm. like he washes out or gets clipped up, washes out in a turn, and then gets his arm ran over. That one was pretty tough. Yeah. yeah so it's like, God, that just sucks. And you just wonder how much more he's got in him. 
You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's made it through a season yet. And he's like Craig Kennard. Yeah, just getting hurt yeah. all the time. The one thing I will say of those, like, like Trey's done a really good job of it since he brought his name up, and a lot of the like Ryan Morris, Will Hahn, these type of dudes. It's like they find a good spot in yeah. the industry. Mm-hmm. It's safer. You got a guaranteed paycheck. You know, yeah. it sucks because we all want titles, race wins, everything. But at some point, you know, like I mean, Jeremy's got titles. You know, yeah. so he can he could retire and hold his head high and like Will Hahn did. And man, it just enough's got to be enough. I mean, I only got hurt four or five times and it was nothing like really gruesome right dude and it sucks yeah you know like it it sucks because like it's scared like in freestyle it scares you like moto you never know what's going to happen like jeremy didn't anticipate crashing right there yeah but like in freestyle if you crash on a trick it's like i don't want to do that trick no more you know like you kind of yeah, yeah yeah and then dude it just like it kind of trickles down yeah so i'm really glad i just watch it on tv yeah if i'm being honest i'm not getting a bike uh, that sucks <laughs> it's fun dude i know I mean, like I said, being out there this weekend at the track, I went on Sunday. Mm-hmm. No, wait, Saturday. Probably because Saturday, the, yeah. the race was Saturday. Yeah. So I went on Saturday and, dude, when we were leaving, there was one guy on the track just ripping. Dude, he's probably so stoked. By himself. Yeah, so stoked. Just have that place to himself. Yeah. And So I, that's kind of cool. I, I mean, I'm sure it gets busy on certain weekends, mm-hmm. but for the most part. And the track was cool. Um, What's his name? Not Adam, but the other. Tyler? Tyler. So yeah. he was out there. Yeah uh messing around and stuff so i'm glad there is some place to ride so i finally went out there uh you know i heard a lot that it was super rocky Mm -hmm. from the very beginning but it's not like that no more so yeah i know he's been putting a ton of work in and like you can see there's a dirt filter out there and Mm -hmm. you know like i said it's it's cool because he's not even from this area yeah right originally And, and it's cool he came in and stepped up and took it over and is trying because we do have a good scene around here you know, maybe not like pro scene stuff that's kind of diminished, but dude, we have tons of riding out here. Yeah. Lots of people on bikes. It's like oh, yeah. people want to go to a prep track, like especially now we're getting to midsummer. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, you don't ride out here in the middle of summer. No. It sucks. Yeah. You know? So he's trying. I really hope it, it takes off for him. He's a really good dude. Like I said, he didn't have to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, he came in and as an ex supercross racer and stuff, he has some street cred to like put his name behind it. And it's cool, dudes, like you were out there supporting it. And yeah. Maybe I'll come out with a cooler sometime. Yeah, you should. I'll be the dad. I'll just drink on the tailgate and you tighten your chain need, when you come in. I need in. some tips. <laughs> uh, but So what did you do this weekend? This weekend, dude. This, Golf? Yeah, but well, this is going to come as a surprise. I kept it on two wheels pretty good. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't, I'm not changed, okay? I'll still have my benders, but, you know, I think. Uh, not to cut you off, but. I, it, why it you was, me off? No, I was just going to okay, say it was real weird because. I just kind of, you know, the last few weeks you have been gone. Mm-hmm. So I'm like thinking that you're gone. Yeah. But you're here. I was here. It's kind of weird. Sweatpants on the couch. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think, because I am still human. Okay. I know it seems weird, but I'm human. Mm-hmm. Um, that month just kind of caught up to me, you know, oh, okay. with Tulsa, Jersey, you know, going to Salt Lake and like Thursday, nothing was really going on. Friday, I think we golfed. Now, maybe we golfed Thursday. Windier than hell sucked, dude. Mm-hmm. I had like, still had like four beers. I'm yeah. not saying I was just totally normal, but Friday and everyone like, you know, Brinkley's kind of selling his side-by-side business. He was dealing with that. A lot of people were just kind of doing their own thing. So I'm like, cool. And then Saturday came and I'm like, I'm going to chill out again. I had, I think me and Bubs had like four beers watched. No, we didn't even watch the race. Oh, we golfed in Tahoe. Eight hour round. Damn. It was a charity tournament and uh, they so Rosie, this girl we went to high school with, it was like kind of her family runs it. So they did a 12-some. It was a scramble where you take the best ball. But, dude, there was 12 of us on the tee box at one time. And it took forever. But it was fun. I actually golfed with some uh, 
some kids who just won like their region of state title. Oh, cool. And dude, like they, high school kids? Yeah, yeah. They were like 14, 15. And dude, they ripped Ripping. the ball like probably 30 yards further than me. Damn. Yeah. These little, they're all like scrawny and just really? like flexible and yeah. stuff, you know? And, but it was fun getting to watch these kids that are like passionate about golf. Like me and Bubs told them, because, you know, we had 20 minutes on every tee box. And we just kept telling them, like, dude, stick with it. Like, everyone sees the PGA Tour. Mm -hmm. But it's like, why not stick with golf and do something with golf with your life, period? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like, 1% is going to make it to the tour. Yeah. So, that was super cool. It was a long day. So, by the time we got back, we threw Hangtown. I barely made yeah. it to, like, 930. Where'd you golf at? Uh, it's Tahoe City Golf Club. Mm -hmm. It's, like, deep Tahoe. Like How was West. it? It was, it's all right. Okay. It's an older course, and it was, like, a par 66 or something. But it was, I mean, it's Tahoe golf, yeah. you know, we're in the trees, nice shade, and like all the creeks are running obviously with the runoff. So that was fun. We got second, we shot 11 under and we only had three of us technically because my dad didn't make it. Mm. So it was just me, Rosie and Bubs and Bubs pretty much carried the team, but I did make some good plans. <laughs> so I was like, cool, dude. Awesome. But yeah, like I said, eight hours on the golf course, it was 80 degrees out. We got home through Hangtown on and like, I felt old, like yeah. it was like eight 30 and I'm like, I hope I make it till nine, mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But Sunday we did men's club and I fired up the bender again. Okay. Well, not really bender, but yeah, I got hammered on Sunday. Got my dad hammered. Um, for missing Saturday. Mm -hmm, for yeah. missing Saturday. And then, yeah, that was about it. Nothing, no cool stories, no hole in ones or nothing. Just mm. regular. I did make $22. Okay. So on 18, I was playing like shit, right? The whole day I was playing good, but like nothing was coming together. And on 18, our last hole, I had like a 30, 40 foot putt for birdie. And I'm like, screw it. Dude. I basically like closed my eyes and hit the ball and it went in. And uh -huh. no one else birdied it. So mm -hmm. I got 22 bucks. Nice. And it was a $20 buy-in. So that was $2 profit. Hey, well, you know, you know what they say. Mm, better be lucky than good. No, they say you're professional once you make money. Mm -hmm. So you're a professional golfer. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm up to $71 this year in men's club. There you go. <laughs> so I mean, you know, almost got my house paid off yeah. and stuff. So yeah, it's looking almost, good. Almost like the last guy in a, on the PGA. Yeah. Right. 71 million probably. Jesus. Yeah. I had a lot of zeros to that, but yeah, that was fun. And I think like June's actually looking pretty, I've got some fun little charity tournaments around here, but mm -hmm. nothing until the end of June, I'm going to Florida. Um, short par four is actually a company I've been with for a long time and they're doing like a Ryder cup style which is like a team event mm -hmm. like one day or one round's alternate shot i don't know exact format but they invited me out for that so i'll go to florida at the end of the month but it's kind of nice like i love traveling and i get bored as hell here but it is kind of nice resetting a little bit and having you know a month mm -hmm. at home where i can actually like go grocery shopping and eat at home because yeah. i get so sick of eating out all the time and dropping my damn dog off at my parents house every day so yeah looking forward to a little downtime here the weather's getting nice yeah. When you travel, say, I mean, like a week and more, right? Being gone. Mm -hmm. What's the your favorite part of uh, coming back home? Seeing my dog. Well, besides that. Okay. Um, like normal, old, everyday kind of type deal. Like I said, it's, I think I've said it before. I just, I hate living out of a bag, mm. right? Like, especially if you're doing like when I did that um, film trip with those two golf influencers. Mm-hmm. Like we did Oceanside, San Diego, Phoenix. So it's like you got a pile of dirty clothes. You know, you're reloading your bag, fixing it, moving around. You're just like never settled. Right. Like I love, I'm a very routine guy. Mm -hmm. Like I love like getting up, showering, you know, being able to just brush my teeth right there. Like when I was in Jersey, Derek's house was full. So it's like my clothes bags downstairs in the living room. So it's like every morning I have to walk down there, grab all my stuff, walk up, shower, put it back in my bag. And it's mm -hmm. like. I just kind of get over that part of it. Mm. Like I love just like having my own stuff kind of like spread okay. out. Yeah. But I do that for like a week and I'm like, okay, where's the next yeah. trip? 
I'm getting bored. Yeah. Dude, I noticed that I, a week or whatever it may be. I think the longest I've ever been gone is like a month. Mm-hmm. But uh, driving my own vehicle. Oh, yeah. Dude, it feels so good yeah. coming back home and driving. Yeah. Because, you know, you're out, you're taking Ubers or taxis, walking, whatever it may be. <clears throat> but just so coming back and just being able to drive, it kind of makes me feel like human normal. I know. I, dude, and that's funny you said that because I was actually thinking of that because last year I did South Africa for like three weeks. Yeah. Never drove, never did nothing. And it's like, dude, you miss like just being able to go to the grocery store uh-huh. or like even like if I'm hungry, I like go and cook breakfast. You're not relying on other people's schedule and time and stuff, you know? So like usually after we're done with the podcast, I'm like, yes, I'm gonna go to Rayleigh's. Yeah. I just go to Rayleigh's just to like go do it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And go get food and stuff. And yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand, like probably listen to this and think we're weird, but it's a real thing. No, right. Yeah. You know, when you're kind of at the mercy of other people's timing mm-hmm. and schedule and stuff and it's like man, I just want to get in my truck and just go get my stuff done. Yeah. It's know? like that little, uh, going back to being normal in mm-hmm. your own, in your own schedule, in your own time. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Like I said, like, even if I go for four days, you know, you park your truck at the, at the airport when I come back and I get in him. Well, yes. yes. Yeah. But you like, like just this, feel such like a relief almost. Yeah. Um, that's and I, that's what the one thing, cause everyone's like, man, you're, your career and your life was so awesome, right? And dude, hundred percent was like, I'm so, I say it every podcast. I'm so thankful for the way it all panned out, but people don't see like, like the last shows I rode, like we were in Spain for two weeks, you know, and then just outside of London for a week and it's fun, but I've been there. I've been going there for 15 years. Right. So I've said it, I'm like, I'm not going to sightsee. I'm there for work. Yeah. Everyone's like, dude, you're in Spain. Like go do something. I'm like, you know, I'm sitting in a hotel room, looking at stuff my friends are doing at home, you know, like, like I said, my parents are getting together with my friends and barbecuing and stuff. And I'm just sitting in this hotel room. Yeah. Cause we're, you know, we ride our shows like Friday, Saturday night, mm-hmm. Sunday through Thursday, you're just sitting there. Yeah. You know, so that, that got old. I think that's kind of re- what really wore me out is I like, I like being active. I like doing stuff, you know, and to just kind of sit there and luckily like I had Chris Haffey on tour. He was the rollerblade guy for nitro. He loved golf. So we'd try to get out a couple times a week, but if I could act like add up how much of my life I spent in airports, like on layovers or delays mm-hmm. and hotels did it like, it's astonishing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that stuff got old. The writing always made it worth it. And like the first years of going to Spain, Australia, New Zealand was awesome. Cause mm-hmm. it was all brand new, but you know, I rode for 15, <clears throat> 15 or 20 years. It's like, it starts to get old. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm thankful now. Like my trips are fun. They're golf related. They're short, you know, yeah. I'm back home. I'm not just like sitting around just, killing phone battery, wasting yeah. time drinking at a bar or something, you know? Well, what's cool is like the, the change in, in venues, the change in everything, you know, you were doing that for so long and it's moto related. And then now your travel is for something different. It's yeah. not moto still. Yeah. You know, even if you were doing moto, if you were just like the team manager for, you know, a, a goggle company and you were traveling, it's still for the same stuff that yeah. you were doing yeah. in your previous career. So now it's for something different. Like, you know, I went from doing kind of the same photography and all that with you guys to going to trade shows for mm-hmm. a company and yeah. it, so it was, it was it's way new different. and exciting it's cool. yeah. yeah you're like learning something and dude i'll tell you the thing i like the most about the career change is like you know if i if i'm flying to tulsa or new jersey for golf i have my golf clubs mm-hmm. if they get lost dude i can get a rental set true right like i'm not stressed about conditions and and ramps that we're gonna end up riding and this and that and being good at a contest, right? Like now it's like, I went to Germany one year, the last year I went to Dortmund for the Supercross, 
I got there, dude, and my suspension was nowhere to be found. Mm. And I was getting older, so I was more like to the point of what I wanted, right? The guys are like, just ride the bike stock for tonight. And I'm like, no, I'm not riding a stock 450 yeah. with shit bars on it, suspension, and risking it just yeah, for yeah. you guys, you know? And my suspension showed up. So it was a three-day show. I didn't ride the first night at all. And my suspension showed up 20 minutes. They rolled my bag in 20 minutes before we were supposed to ride. Mm. Dude, the mechanics threw my bike together and I went out and rode. And I'm like praying that they tightened everything. Yeah. And I haven't hit the ramp yet. There's 25,000 people in this arena. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, here, because we, I think we got a couple warm up jumps, thankfully. So I hit the ramp twice and we went right into our show plan. And yeah. I'm flipping by like the fourth jump. And I'm like, I'm, I'm so done with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where I was starting to really get burnt out. And <clears throat> like I said, now I lose my golf clubs. Like, I'm bummed I don't have my golf clubs, but I can yeah. run. It's not scary. It's not my life and my job on the line, you know? And, having to make those hard decisions of literally I just flew 17 hours to Germany and now I'm sitting here in the stands watching the show. Yeah. Because my stuff didn't show up. So, and anyone can sit there and be like, man, you're a bitch. Yeah. Just ride the bike. It's, yeah. it's a normal bike. It's a good bike. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's uh, your settings and your everything. It's just, yeah. It's so different from a stock <clears throat> bike. Cause like back to Sandy Valley, the place I rode in Vegas, Everyone always wanted me to hit the ramp on the practice nights. And I was on my track bike, right? And it's two mm. totally different settings for a lot of you guys that maybe don't know. It's our freestyle bikes. Like you push on the seat, the shock doesn't move at all. Yeah. It's stiff, you know, to take the ramp, to take the landing. But then you go to your motorbike and we like it real plush to like glide over the bumps. So where I started learning this is like one night I'm like, I'll go hit the ramp for him, you know, on my motorbike. And I hit it and it felt like I went through the ramp and oh. I was like this high off the ground. Yeah. You know, and the guys are like, you know, flip. And I'm like, no, because I feel like if I flipped, I was just going to just blow through the ramp. So fast forward a couple of years to Dortmund, it's like, oh, just ride the stock bike for tonight. And I'm like, no, because I know how it feels. I'm going to ride like, sh- I'm going to embarrass myself because mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to flip. I can't do a lot. I didn't even have cutouts on my bike. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. So there's just a big difference there. And, and people probably don't understand that, probably do think I'm a bitch here and there. But a lot of guys are like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Picture like a Taka or a Sheenie or someone now doing varials and double backflips. Yeah. I mean, but that's the purpose of why you take your own stuff. Yeah. Like if it didn't matter, you wouldn't, you would just, show up and yeah ride. yeah exactly so that stuff sucked i'm glad that's behind me that's another thing with you know everyone thinking our careers illustrious and this and that it's like there was a lot of stress involved a lot of stuff you're always worried about you know stuff that normal people wouldn't think about they yeah. just see a, an, a, an arena or a stadium and us riding mm-hmm. there's so much behind the scenes like you know you fly for flying out of reno if i was going to spain or something dude two three layovers yeah. 30 hours of travel get there you sleep next morning practices at 9 a.m i slept like two hours because i'm all jet lagged and there was a lot of a lot of variables into it like i said so glad i did it um have no regrets on it but i just wish sometimes outside people could see more of what goes on yeah just like a golfer you know they see tiger woods make 100 million dollars like oh i want to golf it's like no yeah that dude has gone through tons of shit since he Mm -hmm. was a little kid you know it doesn't just happen and there's a lot of stuff that goes on within it so yeah and that's why like documentaries are cool because Mm -hmm. they go into the life and you're like, oh, damn, I didn't know it was like that. Or I didn't know it was that hard or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, you know. Yeah. And just everyone, it people make, professionals make things look easy. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. Because then everyone, and I'm a victim to it too, because sometimes I'm like, man, you pussy or whatever. Uh, but we're just fans. Yeah. You know, so we want to see the best or we want to, you know, why isn't this guy playing? He just like hurt his toes, sprained his toes. Yeah. Like, Come on, dude, you're yeah. getting paid millions, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, we're just fans, but we don't realize that stuff because yeah. they make it look so easy. So you're like, yeah, and, and on, we don't see the time they put in or what. And 
athletes have egos. We all know that, right? So when an athlete says he's hurt and he's maybe being a little pussy, it's probably a lot worse than he's leading on to mm-hmm. be, right? Like I rode with a tore ACL for a year. I had to, cause I, you know, in freestyle, you can't miss six to eight months. You'll miss. And this was like the prime window of like traveling a bunch and getting paid a lot. And so I rode with a tour ACL and like, I remember in due tour, I was nailing my run in Portland, whole thing did it like just a cliffhanger. And when you do a cliffhanger, you come back and you're like, basically your feet land on the pegs as the bike hits the dirt. Mm-hmm. Dude, my foot hit the peg and popped my knee up and I had pulled off and everyone's like, I didn't crash. Nothing happened. Yeah. Everyone's like, that was wrong with Mason, you know, and my knees just ballooned. And so people aren't going to see that kind of stuff. And I'm not the hype man that's going to be out there like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm riding through this. And that's yeah. like, I'm just trying to do my job. And it did suck back in the day of like message boards and shit when you'd see uh-huh. people talking shit. And I'm like, be in my body, dude. Yeah. Like I got shoulders dislocating, knees dislocating, like stuff's going to happen. And the problem nowadays is like, if you even look at like UFC fighters, they'll fight and then they lose. Right. Mm-hmm. Or even if they win, they're like, yeah, you know, I got hurt three months in, or three weeks into my training camp. And you're like, yeah, right, you pussy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, it's probably true, but yeah. we just look at it like now it's just an excuse. Yeah. Like, well, how come you didn't say something before? Yeah. You know, so stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's uh, part of being a fan. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's just professionals make a lot of things look easy that they do. Yeah. And for us, it's kind of like, well, what's the big deal? Yeah. And, and I mean, like you said, I'm, a, I'm guilty of it too. Like this whole Tiger Woods and his broken leg thing. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Because it's a Tiv and Fib. It's gnarly. He almost lost his leg. Alex Smith almost lost his leg. Mm-hmm. My, tons of my freestyle buddies have almost lost their leg, right? And, dude, he's got the world's best surgeons. He's got all the money in the world for therapy. And here we are, like, almost three, four years later, and he, like, says he still can't walk and stuff. And it's like, Kerry Hart jumped into the bucket of a loader that was on mm-hmm. the track, wasn't supposed to be, and snapped both the femurs and almost bled to death and was riding moto, like, six months later. Yeah. And he, you don't see him when he's riding now, like being like, oh, my femur is still, you know. And mm-hmm. But once again, I don't know what it's like to be in his body. Yeah. Maybe it was because I know Tib and Fib is like the least um, blood circulation throughout your whole body. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so long to heal. So I try not to talk so much shit, but I get so sick of watching the golf channel. When Tiger comes back, to, oh, is the leg going to hold up? Is mm-hmm. he okay? And I'm like, everyone I know has broken Tib and Fib. Yeah. You know, and they're all fine. And sometimes I think he milks it like, yeah. You know, they'll ask him about it and he's like, oh, it's so sore right now. And I'm like, dude, it's been three years <laughs> yeah. and you have the world's best like therapy and everything. And it's like, I woke up normal today and I'm sore. It's like, come yeah. on, dude. Yeah, dude. Ellie slept on my lower back last night, dude. I freaking barely got out of bed. I'm not complaining about it until yeah. just now. Like I said, I, I think that's more of a excuse for him mm-hmm. and it's an easy one. Yeah. And then the problem with everything nowadays is media. Yeah. Media, social media, everything. That's the biggest problem we mm-hmm. have where they're just dying for a story yeah so he's just like oh i woke up today my leg was hurting so now it's like oh tiger might have re-hurt his leg last he night. shot four over his legs gotta be killing him it's yeah. like no he, everyone's really good now mm-hmm. you know and golf's hard and he doesn't get to play competitive golf as much as he used to and you can't do that these days right so remember on my bike i used to sharpie media kills talent yeah my number dude that's like so true now it's i just did it more as like Back then, it was a popularity contest, right? Mm-hmm. You could do two tricks and get hired for shows everywhere, but dudes that are flipping are not getting hired. Yeah. That's why I did it. But now, like, the more you look at it, the more it's, like, becoming true is, like, you know, let's say you've got Xander Schauffele and Jordan Spieth and all these dudes who are just winning and winning and winning. But if Tiger makes a comeback, it's a week of Tiger coverage. Yeah. And I get it, dude. He built the sport. He's made it. Why these guys are making, you know, $50 million a year. 
But he makes that comeback <clears throat> and it's all the news on him, uh -huh. right? So then imagine all that. You go out and play, you don't do he, what Tiger does. He'll do one round and withdraw. Yeah, and then you withdraw and it's easy to be like, oh, my leg. Yeah. I mean. And we just had to watch a week of Masters coverage only talking about Tiger and his leg. Not mm -hmm. talking about these dudes who are world number one right now. Yeah. I mean, they get a small window, you know, but it, dude, it drives me nuts. Like, it's like, you know, LeBron James, like he could not make the finals mm -hmm. and his name will come up 80 times in the finals. Like, yeah. oh, well, LeBron did this in game three. It's like, they have to have that story, but they're taking away from stories that actual fans want to see. Yeah. You're going, like when you say Tiger Woods on the golf channel, you're getting the people that don't pay attention to golf. But like when I watch golf and they're talking about John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler, I'm like, dude, these guys are insane right now. Mm -hmm. They're Tiger's era was older people. Yeah. He reset golf, right? Now you have like eight Tigers, nine Tigers, 10 Tigers. That's why there's not a dominant golfer right now. Like John Rahm and Scheffler are gnarly for even winning multiple, you know, three, four times this year. Yeah. And they get so little coverage, but like Tiger's leg, dude. Yeah. And Tiger's back at this <clears throat> tournament and Tiger's going to play the majors. It's like, yeah. God, I get so sick of hearing it. Yeah. They make all the headlines for clicks. And yeah. That's what matters to yeah. them. So yeah. it, start know. our own media company. Yeah. I'm going to talk about the dudes that miss the cut every time because that would be me. Yeah. Well, let's talk about breaking news that happened about an hour. So we're recording our podcast earlier this week, uh, Tuesday, June 6th, I believe. Sound good. Yep. It's, that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, breaking news the PGA Tour has agreed to merge with the Saudi-backed rival, Live, mm -hmm. Live Golf. I don't know what took so long, honestly. This whole thing, I think it was like a big dick contest, uh -huh. right? Like, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And um, Yeah, it's I've, I've been watching it all morning. And it's so funny now because I was telling you before we hopped on the pod, like, I think Will Zalatoris got offered like 100 or $110 million. And he's 23 or 24 years old. Uh -huh. To play on Live. To play on Live. Yeah. And he turned it down because he's a record books guy like Justin Thomas. He wants stats, you know, and this and that. And it's like, well, now look. Yeah. Know, DJ took like $130 million. And now he's going to be back on tour. And so now like on the live broadcast, like all the PGA players are like pouting. Yeah. Like, oh, this kind of came as a surprise, kind of unfair, this and that. And it's like, Liv put out offers to all you guys. Mm -hmm. or, or a lot of you guys, you know. And they all turned it down. So it's like you can't pout now. You knew it was coming. I mean, dude. Not to say it, the name, but fuck Trump last year tweeted. He's like, these players that are passing this money up are going to be really bummed when there's a merger. Yeah. Last year, dude. And I'm like, it might be a merger, you know, and sure shit. Here we are. DP world tour, all of it. And so, so what, what are your thoughts on it? I, I like it. I do like it. I like what Liv did because if you pay attention, the tour purses are way up, mm -hmm. right? Like Victor Hovland just made $3.6 million this weekend yeah. and it's not a major. It's, it's one of their big events where all the players are at, you know, like they said, Scheffler made, I think three and a half million at waste management. Mm -hmm. He won the same tournament last year and made 1.4. Yeah. So I've always said that competition's good for anything, mm -hmm. right? Like, so live coming in all of a sudden PGA has like a bonus $500 million that they just found Yeah. when they've been ripping players off for years. And, and I know some people will disagree with me, but that's the truth of it. Like, how do you just find $500 million when a new tour comes out? Yeah. Two plus right. two always equals four. It's yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Like I told you, I caddied for that Brett Druitt dude. And I think he he got his tour card. He was top 125. Or I think he was Corn Ferry. I'm sorry. Got his tour card, played a handful of PGA events, and lost $60,000 for the year. You know, flights, caddies, yeah. you know, tra everything. Why is that this dude reaches the pinnacle of his sport and loses 60 grand? Mm -hmm. Like some person's not going to become a CEO of Apple 
and lose sixty thousand dollars, right. or make the major league baseball team and lose sixty grand. Yeah, PJ is one of a kind like that because if you miss a cut, there's no money. Right. So then he's banking on a couple of low paying sponsors. You know, he's not a a speed getting you know twenty million from AT and T or something. Mm-hmm. He's banking on like, man, I hope clubs and golf balls. You know, I can get like a twenty grand check. Yeah. So I had a problem with that. I had it sucked caddying for him and like kind of listening to his story and the stress. That's why there's stress. Is like you're losing money. You're trying to feed your family. You're you've made it. You know, and so I love live for that fact. I also said I love live like the pro am was fun and music. You know, alcohol on the course. Like for me, that was fun. Yeah, but I like both. And now them coming into a merger. For one, we get to stop hearing about it. Like you try and watch like the Golf Today show, and they're like, oh. And then live and Phil Mickelson and live this and lives bad for the game. It's like now we can just have golf back. Yeah. I love watching Cameron Smith, Dustin Johnson. It was fun watching them at live, but it's more fun watching them at the majors. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what brought it up. I don't know if, cause their ratings had to have taken a little hit. Cause I think there was like something where the majors ratings were way up mm-hmm. because you have a bonus 20 players that you don't get to watch no more. And I can't see like the tours ratings being super, especially on these non-designated events. Like I watched one and there's like one name in it, Yeah, but I love golf. So I'm watching, you know, the golf itself. So I, I, I like it. I'm glad hopefully we're done with this. We don't have to hear about, he said, she said, whatever. And, you know, we get the Dustin Johnson's, the Kepka's back and it should be a, a more relaxed. I don't think they're going to go to like lift format, right? It's not right. going to be three days of golf. I think they're going to keep the tour format and, but what's going to benefit these guys is these designated events now, like Dustin Johnson doesn't have to play 40 weeks out of the year. Mm-hmm. He plays 17 tour or events, you know, and if they keep it that way. So that's because like talking to Pat Perez at live, I'm like, so how do you like this stuff? Is it cool? And he's like, I love it. And he's, he's older, right? Yeah, so yeah. he's not an up and come. like Cameron Smith was the one that shocked me because he's, he had a good chance of being like world number one, but Talking to Pat Perez, he's like, you know how many times I was first tee time? So I was on the range in the dark at four in the morning. Damn. <clears throat> you know, hitting his balls, warming up, eating breakfast, and then teeing off at 630. He's yeah. like, this, because I think live starts at like noon, mm-hmm. usually. He's all, this is awesome. He's all, I'm too old to be out there practicing in the dark at, you know, four yeah. in the morning. And so hopefully this, they, they combine the two or the three now with the DP as well. And just make the tour fun for these guys. They're entertainment for us. Mm-hmm. We don't want to see this bullshit drama. We don't want to see players, you know, like DJ giving up because he's on his eighth week in a row of, you know, gnarly golf. Cause those dudes back to like being fans and looking on the, you know, the outside yeah. is we see Thursday through Sunday, they made three and a half million. Those dudes get done Sunday, fly to the next event. They're on the range Monday, practice around Monday, Tuesday, pro-am Wednesday, back on the course. Yeah. Right. So like, a normal job you work Monday through Friday. These dudes, if they do a three to four week stretch, it's every single day. Every single day, yeah. And you know, your body starts getting tired. You're mental. Like golf's a crazy mental sport. So, mm-hmm. like pitcher John Rom winning the Masters, and then I can't remember where the tournament was, but he flew out the next day to play another tournament. Like imagine yeah. his brain at that point from grinding and winning one of the like most prestigious yeah. Masters. It's like, and like I think what you were saying. Imagine being a guy that's towards the bottom where mm-hmm. you know you got to do good. You just did shitty. Yeah. And you got to go to the next one. And you got to be like, all right, dude, regroup. Like you got to do good. You and have some money. Yeah. And, and then you have no confidence. Yeah. But then your confidence is down and you do shitty again. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's, it's just a slippery slope. So that's where I'm going with this is I really hope this merger is more money for everybody. It relaxes the top players. So we get their best golf. Like these 17 designated events are awesome. Mm-hmm. Cause they get to relax, you know, I'll play two, three weeks in a row and then they got a month off. Yeah. So 
I think Liv was awesome as far as that aspect. People can disagree with me on that. And I'm not saying Liv's the best, Liv's the way golf should be, this and that. I'm saying Liv opened up the eyes to the tour. Yeah. To where we, we're going to get better golf now. Yeah. Right? You're, not, you're not getting guys out there just suffering and you're not getting guys losing money. Because mm-hmm. I think now, like, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think if you miss the cut, it's like five grand. Mm. And they have incentives for like the bottom 125, which is how many make the tour. They have incentives like up to like 500 grand depending on your play. Yeah. So there's like, now you're, you can relax a little bit. You're not like, I have to keep my card. I have to make the cut. It's like, even if it's five grand, that's not a lot, but it pays for your expenses and you're not mm-hmm. out of pocket to go play this event, you know? And so, yeah, I think it's a, uh, I'm interested to see it starts after this season. So next yeah. season we'll see how it all works, but I think it's going <clears> to <throat> be a good thing. Yeah. So I kind of just see it from the business standpoint. Um, and I don't really know much about it. So if you could chime in, but so when I see the merger happen, I basically see the big corporation taking over, even though Saudi money is, mm. I mean, you know, probably yeah. unmatched, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I see the big PGA coming in and being like, all right, this is our competitor. Yeah. Same thing that uh, Mark Zuckerberg does with mm-hmm. Facebook. Mm-hmm. Everything that comes out, they buy Snapchat, buy they yeah. buy uh, Instagram, they buy What's like, WhatsApp. All that. Yeah. So that's kind of what first thing that popped into my head so is that kind of this thing that's going on here or they're just merging why i don't know like i said i think the pga is a is a big money market now right Mm -hmm. and i think that they uh they probably see the money in it they see the value and i think they kind of did live almost as like an fu Mm -hmm. because here's the thing i've tried to get this through my dad's head he's hard-headed old school arnold palmer guy right shout out to steve Steve Mason, thanks for making me. <laughs> but um, the PGA Tour, I'd have to look it up. But dude, I think it's like a $4 billion a year uh-huh. nonprofit. Yeah. Like explain that one to me, right? $4 billion a year. And the purses were like a total of $200 million or something like that mm-hmm. last year. Um, and then you have sponsors paying yeah. for the tournament. So, you know, there's more money. And it's just the old thing of like the athletes always get ripped off. The people that are making this show are getting ripped off. Yeah. Right. Without, that's my dog, by the way, she's, she's roaming around, (laughs) but, um, I just, I loved seeing it because you, like I, it broke my heart seeing Brett lose money. Like I can't imagine, you know, getting to X games finally and losing, you know, 10 grand just to be at X games. It's like, no, I'm not there to just be there. Mm -hmm. I'm there to put on a show for your company, for ESPN, for, you know, so I, I, I don't know. It's, it's such a, it's, it's a weird thing. Like we'll never know what goes on behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. right? We don't know. But one thing I do know is the PGA tour at one point had no problem with Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Rory going over and playing the the Saudi Arabia, Saudi open or the Dubai open or the Abu Dhabi, you know, the one-off events. Mm Mm-hmm. But the second they make a tour with a bunch of money and pay these players what they should be paid, all of a sudden it's a problem. Yeah, make the the competitions out yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. And if you really want to go into detail, like how you know how many PGA events have been sponsored by like an oil company, mm-hmm. like you know I don't know like Falero or something, right? Where do you think that that's not like a American made company? Yeah. It's like they they're just as guilty of taking the money, but the second that it started taking away their stars and. Mm-hmm. and you know, the, the only thing people hear about Liv is Phil Mickelson getting like almost 200 million, DJ getting 130, DeChambeau getting 100, you know, all these dudes. And they're like, oh, that's cool. They're just buying people. 
It's like, no, they're they're proving a they have so much money it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. So they're buying people and proving a point. And like DJ said it on full swing, he's like, What person in this world, like say you with your cleaning business, say you're working seven days a week and making, let's just say 10 grand. And then some company comes in, they're like, Hey, you can work two days a week and we'll give you 20 grand. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me one person in this world that's gonna be like, no, no, I like the more work that you know it validates. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, dude. And then DJ said it, he's like, I'm doing the same exact thing but for less work for way more money. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like where my dad doesn't get it. And a yeah. lot of these people, you know, and the only thing you're sacrificing, which are choices that people got to make is records, records, Tour the PGA thing or whatever. Yeah. But if live didn't do this merger and live went on for another 10 years, 20 years, maybe then it's like people care about the live records. Yeah. So it's really what, what it comes down to, I think. And then, like I said, I don't know if it's a big company, saw you know the heat so they were like hey let's let's merge with these guys yeah. because they are competition so that obviously validates what Liv was doing because yeah. if they just saw them as like nobodies then this wouldn't happen yeah They'd be like oh whatever yeah but they obviously saw that and on Liv's part i think you know they have all the money and stuff but they weren't getting the views like a pga for sure 100 you know? percent. yeah so this you know is a good thing for them too yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just so glad to be done hearing about it. Mm-hmm. I, I want to watch my favorite golfers. Like I said, I've missed watching Cameron Smith on tour events. You know, you yeah. miss that stuff. I'm glad I can watch golf today without having to hear some drama. Brandel Chambly is probably the worst dude in sports history. He's a, an analyst for mm-hmm. golf channel. And that dude, you'd almost think PGA had to have paid him like a couple mil. Cause he is so like spiteful. Like it was awesome. Just to bring up an example, like at the masters, I guess Phil Mickelson didn't talk to no one. Mm-hmm. Like he's, Something happened internally. We'll never know, but something happened with him in the PGA tour because even before live, he was like getting kind of spiteful against him and like kind of weird. But the whole week of the masters, you know, live from the masters, Chambly is just going off on Mickelson. He's this, he's, he's lost his mind. He's doing this, that, you know, whatever. Phil comes out and gets second place. And then you have to watch Chambly. He's like, ah, you know, Phil can still play high quality golf. It sucks. His personal life starting to bleed, you know, and he had to like bite his tongue a little bit. And he's the dude every week. Oh, these live players, I don't know if they can handle four rounds at this major. Brooks Kepka wins it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I love that. Like, that makes yeah. me more happy than anything, you know, because these dudes are PGA professional golfers. Yeah. Like, Brooks Kepka, just because he took $100 million and he only plays three rounds, you know, twice a month, he's all of a sudden not a good golfer. Yeah. He played on one of the hardest um, PGA champ courses there is. Mm-hmm. Freaking shot like nine under. Yeah. Four A's. Right. So it's like, I, that's what I'm, I'm so glad to be done hearing about because I'm an athlete, well, ex-athlete. Let's, let's get that straight. Ex-athlete. I know what it takes to be in that situation. And I know when people talk shit on you, mm-hmm. right. These guys still practice like DJ, I think on live had like nine straight rounds of like in the sixties. So you're telling me he's not playing good. He just took money. He doesn't care about yeah. golf. It's like, dude, he's shooting seven unders, you know, nonstop. And Let's get back to golf. Mm-hmm. I'm, like even just watching the thing this morning, one of the guys is like, well, you know, the Saudis, they have deep pockets and the PGA probably just had to cave. And it's like, no, they probably live, probably proved their point. Yeah. The PGA sees it. The PGA, like I said, finds $500 million. Now maybe it's more, hopefully yeah. for all these dudes. Right. And make golf awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good, I mean, dude, it's a booming sport. Oh yeah. It's huge now. Like you go to the local golf course, everyone's playing. So why do we have this drama? Like, like so let's get done with it. Let's watch the best golf out there. Yeah. Let's not hear about Tiger's leg. I mean, dude, Liv should have just bought him a fake leg or something, yeah, you know? Like, that sure. should have been their incentive. 
Hey, come to our tour, dude. We'll just give you a whole new leg. Yeah. But yeah, I'm stoked. Um, I'm stoked. Live proved their point. Um, the PGA maybe swallowed their pride. And now you got the DP World Tour too, which is the European Tour. So yeah. now we've got a bunch of good golf coming up in the next year. It's going to be interesting that guy that you're talking about uh, next year when when uh, the ex-live players are mm. coming on, his whole tone is going to change. Yeah. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, Brooks, you know. Oh, yeah. He'll have to. It'll be, it's yeah. going to be hilarious to watch. And hopefully someone can get the clips when he was bad-mouthing people. Oh, yeah. The, the new clips. I'm going to have to tell Travis from PGA Memes to do like a collage or whatever, you know, yeah. like. How montage things, of how it. things change yeah you know, and, in a year yeah and that's just so annoying like i said he had to have gotten paid paid off by the pga yeah. i don't think he's just doing that out of his own goodwill because he was like absurdly annoying about it because mm-hmm. a lot of the dudes on there they're like they don't agree with live but like when cameron smith walks onto property at augusta they're like cameron smith is still a favorite yeah you know and then brandon will be like well i don't know he's not playing a lot of golf you know his game's probably not in a good spot and it's like <laughs> And then you go to the Augusta press conference and Camp Smith sits down. The first thing is, so how's your game feeling since you're on live now and you don't play a lot? And he's all, I'm still at the range every day. I'm still practicing and playing. You know, like yeah. everyone thinks going to live and taking a paycheck, they gave up. Yeah. It's like, no, these dudes, now they can have fun with what they're doing. Yeah. Like imagine well, I'm stressing. sure they still got to, uh, they got to play for that paycheck they got. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, even if, you know, the Saudis gave Camp Smith $100 million, mm-hmm. I'd like to see that contract. Yeah. Because it's not like, hey, go out and party, do whatever you want, shoot 12 over. I don't care. It's like they probably are holding them to a standard. Yeah, for sure. Right. So for sure. The whole thing was dumb. It was it's great for the sport. I'm glad to see it done now and, yeah. and just get back to what we love watching. Yeah, I think it's cool. It's a good thing. But the one thing I see a negative on is um, you know, and I think I brought this up on the podcast before, but live being out there gave hope to maybe the guys that would never make it on PGA. Yeah. So now it's kind of like what happens to those guys and maybe with the the merger and more money coming in and stuff pga will do stuff for those type of guys mm-hmm. that are like at the cusp but don't make it um uh more events yeah you know stuff like that and then also just for like the golf influencers you know you got to go do that stuff yeah. and and everything going on there um just knowing how the pga is and how they are so old school and everything yeah maybe they still want to keep it that way so they're not gonna be as open as live was yeah so maybe things change on that scene as well so for sure i don't know i i see it bad in that way because now it's like like i said the the big company buys the little company and then they take over mm-hmm. so then now like the all the influencing they they were doing the cool events they were doing maybe that comes to a stop yeah it, and we don't know like i said we're gonna we'll find out next year but like you said is what i think with this merger it's gonna open up because now you have three tours Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I don't know if live will even be a tournament. Right? It might just disintegrate and be part of the PGA, but now you have more money, more events. Like they can still have these 17 designated events and then give the guys like Brett the other events. Yeah. Right. Cause like I said, I watched one of them on TV and there was no one there, mm-hmm. like no big names, you know, give those guys 30 events a year, right? 17, you've got the top 50 in the world, but then these other 30, 40 events, there's a fight, you know what I mean? Yeah. And all these dudes can play golf, dude. Like, you know, Brett in his practice day, I walked with him. Dude, he didn't miss a shot. But the mentality of the real day, you know, the stress and everything is where it comes into play. And that's where yeah. dudes succeed. But now maybe maybe missing the cut is 20 grand, let's just say, for instance, right? So now he's going in the event freed up. Mm-hmm. He knows he has some money. He's freed up. He can play some good golf. Because I watched him. He was like two inside of the cut with like six to go. 
And I was like, damn, dude, we might actually go to the weekend. I might be like a real caddy. This yeah. is sick. <laughs> Snap hooks his tee shot with like three or four holes to go and goes out of bounds, drops, hits a shitty shot, starts throwing his – he's throwing a fit. Mm-hmm. All he needed was like to birdie two of the last four holes and he like part all of them and missed the cut. And he was pissed. It's because he's not making nothing, you know, and he – I could see that pressure built because the first day, like he, I think he had six birdies and it's a stable for it. So birdies are points. It's not like a, you know, negative seven. He played awesome, but I could see the pressure Friday morning and it built up. So let's get more money and, you know, more events for these guys to show their stuff without having to go against the best all the time and not have that pressure and not worry about like, I like the tour card idea. It's awesome. But like to, to be top 125 out of, 500 pga professionals is Mm -hmm. that's a pretty tall task yeah right so i would maybe like hopefully with this merger something changes there it is cool because you get you get to have the playoffs i like how they cut it from like 70 to down to 30 to the tour championship that's awesome but make it to where these guys aren't so worried because on live dude when you talk to those dudes they're all relaxed yeah like pat perez dude they're having a fun time yeah he was the coolest dude ever lee westwood who's been on tour forever i got to golf the front nine with him so awesome when I golf the Barracuda Pro-Am, it's like those dudes are there for work and they're yeah. figuring stuff out and they're, there's pressure on the line. And this mm-hmm. is the Barracuda. There's no Tiger. There's no Chef or Rom. You know what I mean? And so hopefully this frees up because there's a lot of good golfers out there. There's a ton of good golf to be played. And and I always root for the, the lower class because I was a privateer when I raced. I was a mid-pack freestyle guy. And so I always root for those dudes. So I'm, I'm really hoping this merger does more for the sport as a whole. Not so much the Schefflers, Roms, you mm-hmm. know, those guys. Because those guys are set, dude. Yeah, they're going to get two, paid regardless. Yeah, two good yeah. years on the tour, dude, and you're set. Yeah. Unless you're a complete idiot with your money. So hopefully it, it does branch out a little bit to the lower guys. Yeah. Dude, if you were a good caddy, you would have gave that guy a Snickers bar. Oh, if I had one, I would give him a case, dude. <laughs> you know, change your attitude. Yeah. You get, you get grumpy when you're hungry. Yeah. Um, change it up a little bit. I got to give a little shout out to Victor Hovland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he won this past weekend. Yep. And not 24 hours go by, he's uh, caddying for his buddy. Yeah, his ex-teammate. Yeah, 36 holes. Yeah. After winning $3.4 million, yeah. he's uh, at the course with his buddy. Yeah, helping uh, him out. Yeah, being his caddy. And yeah. It's like, dude, that's, that's dope. Yeah. And I was actually telling Bubs, I'm like, man, I wish I was young. Because, like, imagine that energy, right? Yeah. You just grinded for a whole week, played four rounds. I think it went to a playoff maybe or somewhere close. And he wins, and then he literally wakes up the next morning and walks 36 holes with his buddy helping him. I'm like, I couldn't do that. Dude, but imagine being his buddy, right? Yeah. So you're golfing, and everyone's there is like, hey, Victor, congratulations yesterday. And you're just like, dude, You know what sucks? Yeah, you know what sucks (laughs) for him is he probably did have a crowd following him because of Victor. And then he's like, oh, shit, I better play good. Yeah, that and everyone's just congratulating Victor. Yeah. Maybe he's shanking the ball or whatever. But that's that's a good friend right there. Yeah. That's cool. That's what's so awesome about golf is – and I mean, Moto's the same, dude. Like I've blown up a bike before and, you know, my buddy gave me his bike to race like mm-hmm. mid during the races, you yeah. know? So there's so much good like camaraderie in sports and, you know, like stories like that are awesome. I mean, Victor could have disappeared for a month, went on mm-hmm. a vacation, not done nothing, you know, but like he's back out there and supporting and I'm not, I can't remember what the tournament was, but probably some kind of qualifier for something, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. To, I got it right here. It's, it was the, um, U.S. Open final qualifying in Columbus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, so that's. It a, was a big deal for his friend. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, because that's huge. Because that's what's cool about the U.S. Opens. Like, like Yosti tried to qualify for Anyone can try and qualify for it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. You, I think you have to have a certain handicap, like a two or something like that. But other than that, like I could, if I was a scratch golfer, just me, how I am, I could sign up for it. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, shit to have Victor on the bag. He's going to the U.S. Open. Yeah. You know, he's probably got good insight. Like, because that, like I've said, that kid probably knows how to play golf. Yeah. But Victor could be there to be like, hey, man, like, it's just golf. Go out and hit your shot. You know, like, don't think about it as like a U.S. Open qualifier and maybe kind of sort his head in that sense, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. It just kind of popped in my head. But like in Happy Gilmore, mm -hmm. talking about like being a good caddy and everything. There was that one part where like Shooter McGavin pitches, uh, into yeah you know on the rough and, yeah, yeah and he holds it and he's like oh huh, nine iron huh well you're fired you're fired yeah it makes me think like dude why would that guy tell him nine iron right there no i've always thought about that actually like when he i think he even said five iron or something yeah it was something it was stupid, something like it should have been like a like Bob a, wedge or yeah, a yeah wedge. yeah i've always wondered that and dude, that's you, why he got fired you know what else we just figured out that we can't figure out is on caddyshack uh-huh you know at the end of the tournament with like Chevy Chase, uh, Dangerfield against the judge and yeah. the doctor or whatever. I don't know if I'm missing something, but we just, I mean, I've watched that movie for years, right? And at the end when Dangerfield gets hurt, I think they're tied. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to the final putt with yeah. Noonan and the, and the judge. And the judge makes his, and then Noonan's ball stops and then falls in. And they celebrate like he won. But they were like tied going into the last hole or something like that. Hmm. Do you I ever don't know. pay attention to it? Yeah, so, yeah, I have to watch that one. Yeah, unless I'm missing something. But I could have swore like the... Caddyshack boss, I thought he comes onto the green and says, like, they're all square or something going into the last hole. Uh -huh. And they make it like an $80,000 bet. And then Noonan makes the putt and he's like the hero. And we're all, I'm not very good at math, but didn't they just tie? <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. It's a weird ending, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, there's some there's some uh, weird stuff in the movies. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, speaking of weird stuff, uh, to go to, towards the end of the podcast here, the uh, there's been US Intel. This is kind of like breaking news, mm -hmm. too. Um, the DOD, which is Department of Defense, has put out some statements out there, uh, and they said it's open for the public. But they said, we have a craft of non-human origin. Objects retrieved are from exotic origin, non-human intelligence, and materials include intact and partially intact vehicles. Hmm. So they're putting out there that... Some UFO action. Yeah, they got some, they got some UFOs, complete, full UFOs, and then... Broken ones, and they also have whatever was driving it, so aliens. Huh. Well, I mean, like I've told you, dude, you know that part in the signs when the alien walks across the window? Yeah. If so I have sad. my hat and shirt off, that's what I look like. So I'm pretty sure I <laughs> might be one of them, besides like the intelligence part. Yeah. So they're out there. They're among us. Yeah. I don't know, dude. This is uh, basically if this is all true and stuff, mm -hmm. it's like, well, you know, start showing us the stuff, but then everything else doesn't even matter. I know. Like live, PGA election next no. year like all that stuff who cares yeah we're like, getting overtaken by aliens yeah there's aliens out there God, i'm going to get a 12 pack right now that I mean, stresses me out like i'm sweating again yeah might as well god yeah it dude i don't know we me and bubs always go over like what in the hell is this world right mm -hmm. like are we actually a simulation is there a god like a heaven and a hell like because sometimes it's so weird because i look into a lot of like we've talked about conspiracies and stuff right and just how like there were skyscrapers and pyramids and you know aircrafts like already kind of built as like mankind started to really bloom if you look at like early 1900s 1800s right i'm not going into like 1400 1500s but it's like the technology they already had back then oh, yeah. like they're trying to say like dudes were hanging off of like rebar like 900 stories up in new york city building those buildings but it's like i feel like they just kind of appeared mm. aliens they built their domes the pyramids were built like 
before mankind was even around. Like, how do you, yeah. how do you describe? Cause like, I actually watched this cool documentary and they said that there's like cement pillars inside of the pyramids mm -hmm. and they're, they're like 350 tons or like 500 tons each a piece. And there's like, they're solid. They're solid. <clears throat> and so the huge like conspiracy revolving around that is there's not enough mankind power that could have lifted those up, mm -hmm. right? Built them and then lifted them Especially up. Especially back then. Back then, <laughs> yeah. right? Like that's some kind of technology or yeah. some, I don't know. So this, there's sometimes when I sit around, I'm like, dude, this world, this life's weird. Yeah, like, it's definitely weird. Got Elon putting shit in people's brains now that's supposed to, because we use 10% of our brains. Dude, this thing's supposed to open up to like 90%. Well, Can you I mean, imagine? I wouldn't mind it. Then I would know if there's aliens or how they did it. And I wouldn't have to use my calculator every time I try and do like a tip or something at a restaurant. Yeah. Like I'd like another, you know, 70, 80% of my brain to work. Mm -hmm. I'm probably down to like 6% now, if I'm being honest though. Of your brain? Mm -hmm. What do we use? 10. 10%? Mm, the average human uses 10% of their brain. And I, I'm not that. Mm. Especially with Google and calculators and stuff, dude. I don't, I never think no more. Mm. It's, it's a sad day. Yeah. And with the AI coming out, AI coming out now, you can do like your finals and reports and stuff, just talking into chat GPT. Like they're either really trying to make us stupid or something's going on. Yeah. Cause imagine kids like that just do that now for homework and stuff. It's like, what the hell are we learning? Yeah. I will say though, I, I saw one episode and it made me feel so much better about stuff. And this is why people have conspiracies because mm -hmm. of fear. They mm -hmm. want to hold grasp and hold on to something yeah. because they're, they don't know what's going on, yeah. which I get it, you yeah. know, but it was the, the Waco, Texas one. Yeah. Have you seen that yeah, one? Cult. Yeah. I yeah. saw that. So did you watch it? <clears throat> I think I did. Yeah. I watched one of them. Okay. Something on that. So it's a new series. I think it's on uh, Netflix, but the first episode, basically it got to it, you know, mm -hmm. I thought it was going to like lead into it, but it got to it. It was like, they started the the gunfight and everything like yeah. on that. But what was interesting was there was uh, I believe two people that were there mm -hmm. on the on the uh, documentary talking, and the way they were talking was basically like back then we thought this David Koresh guy he was God mm -hmm. basically like a higher power yeah yeah blah, blah blah and they thought like everything he said you know basically, and then it just makes you think like those people at that time thought that the world was ending yeah that this guy was like god he was there to help them and and all this shit everything happens and then we're i don't know like 30 years later and those motherfuckers are still here and they've gone through life just like us yeah with everything yeah you know y2k yeah the pandemic everything and it just goes to show you sometimes people think like dude the world is ending this yeah. is it this yeah. is gonna be it but no dude it keeps on going and it's been doing that since the early times yeah you know what i mean like in the 60s or 70s we we're supposed to have an ice age yeah and then it went back to like overheat like we were gonna all burn to death and then the sun's gonna go out and mm -hmm. you know it's like <laughs> and honestly that's like call me what you will but that's why i've never watched the news because mm -hmm. like my mom used to have it on when i was a kid right yeah and not even like weird conspiracy stuff but like you'd watch the news no, oh, this morning there was a car wreck and two infants died and the family died. Yeah, that's it. But in other news, a house got broke into in Reno. So watch out, there's a burglar on the loose. Mm -hmm. And then in other news, there was a huge hurricane in Florida killed 160. Like, I'm like, is there good news? Mm -hmm. Like, or, you know, and every news station you watch, CNN, your local one, any, there's never like a, a nice story to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's always the fear mongering. Yeah, they sure. can. It's like they've said, like the mind control thing, like mm -hmm. you, you put, like the pandemic, you know, like, yes. COVID happened. Yes, some people did die, but I read this stuff. It was actually on CDC site, so I'm not all the way out there. And of all the COVID deaths, 6% of the deaths 
were strictly COVID. Yeah. Just COVID. No obesity, no diabetes, no mm -hmm. elderly. You know what I mean? But when you watch the news, everyone's going to die. Yeah. Like if you don't do this, like everyone's gonna, like, how come all the homeless are still alive? Mm -hmm. This thing's just sweeping the world. You know, all the homeless are sitting under the bridges doing freaking oh, crack. And they're rampant in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know, and they're not all dying. So that's why I've always like, everyone just tells me I'm an idiot. Like I'm not getting vaxxed. I'm an idiot. I'm not doing this. I'm an idiot. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm an idiot. And I'm like, well, look around you, dude. Like, you know, the flu has been around forever. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what a lot of symptoms were that people had. It's not like some people said it was worse than others, but. And I know I'm going to get my ass chewed from someone about this, but I'm just kind of stating a fact is like, how come like my grandma got COVID? Mm -hmm. She's fine. I got she, COVID twice. Yeah, she's 93 years old and she's supposed to be the high risk, you yeah. know, <clears throat> but she's healthy. No, I mean, dude, she weighs like a hundred pounds, you know, mm -hmm. no obesity, none of that. But where I'm going with this is they'll, they'll fear you into this pandemic. Right. And I was, I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little afraid at first just because of my grandma. Yeah. I'm like, man, even if I have a sore throat, if this thing's is real, like I'm not going to go over there just because mm -hmm. she is in her nineties, you know, but there's like 300,000 deaths a year from obesity. And when COVID hit and everything was shut down, the McDonald's drive-through line was like out to the road. Mm -hmm. So we're afraid of a cold, but we're not afraid of fast food. That's yeah. not real food. That's killing people, making people fat. So that drove me nuts. I saw a chick in her car next to me at a stoplight with a mask on, with gloves on, pulls her mask down, smoking a cigarette. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so you're not yeah. worried about lung? Like, that's a proven fact that lung cancer will happen chain smoking, right? Yeah, yeah. We're not worried about that. We're still worried about this, this virus that's out there. And that's where I just like, you really realize, man, that they can say anything on the news and it will just, people will do whatever. Yeah. You know, like I got yelled at by a girl in the grocery store. She's in a rascal, dude, probably 250. Mm-hmm. And mask on everything. And she's yelling at me because I don't have my mask on. But her whole rascal is full of like processed foods, box yeah. foods, junk food, you know, like freaking cupcakes and, you know, all that shit that's bad for you. And it's like, when are people going to start taking accountability for worrying about stuff they can control? Yeah. You know, like if COVID was real and it was a, just a sweeping virus, then shit, that sucks. Well, it was real. It just wasn't what they made it. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking like the death reel, yeah. not not getting colds and not, you know, some people did pass away, unfortunately. But what I'm saying is like, you can control your diet and the way you take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. But instead, you're 250 pounds sitting in a rascal with gloves and a mask on, mm -hmm. probably smoking cigarettes, probably eating fast food every day. Yeah. And it's like, how come you're not afraid of that? Yeah. Why are you afraid of what's CNN saying, but you're not afraid of the stuff that's right in front of your face? Yeah. And that's cool, too. Like, if you want to <laughs> do that, that's cool. But like, don't have that big opinion or the nerve to like call someone out when you yeah. see them at the store or whatever. Yeah. But like, you know, that's kind of where I wanted to go with it. Just, it's, it's just refreshing. Like do what you want. Mm -hmm. You know, you live your life yeah. how you want and you live a good life. I live my life. Um, but at the end of the day, it's funny. You, you could look back to situations in, in history where people probably thought like, this is the end. Oh, yeah. This is whatever. And then nothing happened and yeah. they're still alive to this day. And then now Damn. it's like, shit, I was an idiot. Yeah. You know? Or do you wonder if they still like believe the next big thing's coming? They're like, yeah. oh, I mean, maybe, you know, the only thing that honestly scared me and I was 18 years old or 19 years old was the Y2K thing <laughs> because not because of death. Right. But it was like scary because they said everything was going to go to digital. Yeah. It's so, like you didn't have like cash that you put in a bank no more. Right. They were saying all, everything was going to be digital and computers couldn't keep up and like it was going to crash our world like i'm more afraid of that yeah like what if you wake up one day and you have 10 grand in your account and you wake up and it's just all gone like well we don't know what happened we can't keep, and we yeah 
That would happen to me if I won the lottery, like a hundred million. Yeah. The next day they'd be like, oh yeah, you know what? The bank's crashed. Dude, like Johnny Depp and blow. Is that what happened to him? No, but remember he put like 60 million in the bank because they couldn't hold it in their Uh house. And then one day they said that like the government seized it. Yeah. He had nothing. He was broke. That's the kind of stuff that if was on the news would scare me more. Cause that's Mm -hmm. real. Dude. And could you imagine the mass chaos? Oh yeah. Like that's what I'm afraid of is people losing their shit and looting and you know, whatever's going on because like all of a sudden our banks are like this whole digital currency thing that's going on Mm -hmm. is kind of scary because they're saying basically like they can freeze your account at any time. Mm -hmm. So imagine you're trying to feed your kids and you know, your wife and you have good jobs and then you did something that they didn't agree with. And all of a sudden you can't get into your account. And it's like, that's, that's more scary than like, a virus where you're reading about it and the symptoms are a sore throat, cough, mm-hmm. you know, this and that. You could, you know, if you have these underlying conditions, like, I'm like, okay, well, I'll take care of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I, I drank for like a month straight. I yeah. didn't take care of myself. Well, but, I mean, on paper, maybe that kills the virus. Yeah, I think it did, dude. The alcohol. Yeah. yeah. I'm going on, what's it been, three years? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Not even cold yet. I got, I got it twice. Yeah. And when I got it, it was pretty bad, but it only lasted, uh, the first time it lasted a week where mm-hmm. I was pretty sick. And the second time it lasted two days, but yeah. I was fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. You no. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, and you know, what's actually weird is I think I got COVID before COVID mm, because probably. like, I don't ever get sick. I mean, head cold, little mm-hmm. sinus here and there, but never like deathbed. And at the end of 2019, so like four or five months before COVID came out, mm-hmm. I went to Wisconsin and did a golf trip, dude. And I got home and I was dead for three days. Didn't he couldn't like, I'd go lay on the couch and couldn't even keep my eyes open, body aches, sweating, you know, mm-hmm. the whole nine yards. And I'm like, damn, dude, I haven't been like this since I was like in school as like yeah. a kid, you know? And then five months later, like, oh, this virus came out and this, and I'm like, did, that I, makes did I start it? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I brought it over. I'm like, oh shit, dude. Oh uh, shit. You went to Wuhan? Yeah. All right. To end the show, uh, worth watching this week in UFC 289. Mm-hmm. Going to be a good one. Uh, it, yeah, it's a pay-per-view one, so those usually are pretty good. I just it's, made it up. I had no idea. Who's in it. 7 p.m. Okay. Uh, West Coast Pacific? time. Okay. Pacific. We got Amanda Nunes. Oh, I know who that is. Versus Irene Aldana. Do you think anyone ever calls like Amanda Nudes if they get a nude from her? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Maybe. That was that was dumb. I admit. Sometimes I say stupid stuff. <laughs> and then we got the co-main <laughs> event, which actually should probably be a main event, but uh, the Amanda fight is for the belt. Okay. Man is gonna mop that chick. Most up. likely. And then uh, we got Charles Oliveira versus Benil Darius. Darius. I'm picking Benil. Uh, you know what? I'm taking Benil as well. No, because this we, is our Yerbs bet. We gotta take. Uh, okay. I get Benil. You just have to go, dude. Sometimes I'll go with Charles, but in my heart, I want Benil okay. to win. Actually, that is pretty true. Yeah. In my heart, I want Benil to win because he kind of looks like uh, a math teacher. Uh huh. And. He's been like on a good. Are you stereotyping, dude? Kind of body okay. shaming. Okay, yeah, shaming. Uh, he, you know, he doesn't look like a fighter. He he kind of has the Derek Berlou going on, pure white hair. Okay, sick. Uh, he's been on a on a good streak, right? And he doesn't get like his props. Yeah, he doesn't get the the title or you know the shot for it or anything like that. So I think if he wins this, then he's going to be ranked number one in the world to go against champion. So okay, uh, obviously it'd be cool to see that happen. But Charles Oliveira is the ex-champion okay. that defended his, you know, so it's... it's So, see, you still got a good pick yeah, so, for a free year. So, for betting, it's kind of like, yeah, obviously okay. you go for Charles. Yeah. But for the underdog, which you like anyways, yeah. you go for Benil. Okay. Can't wait to get that free beverage. Yeah. So, we okay. got that going on. Um, other than that, yeah, that's it, dude. Is there a motor race this weekend? Yeah. Right. Isn't it? I don't know. 
Motocross? Yeah. Yeah, somewhere. Okay. Those there's go there's a east. dirt bike race. They go back east, probably. Yeah, probably. But yeah. good show. Hope you guys like liked always. it. Yeah. Thank you guys for hanging with the boys. What's our social? Our socials are at the boys underscore pod, Twitter, Instagram, all TikTok. The good, all the good stuff. Oh, yeah. All the good stuff. Yep. Catch this video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Go over there. Give us a subscribe. Like the video. Uh, you could go to Apple Podcasts. I know a lot of people listen to that's this what on I use. Apple. Yep. I subscribed to my so, own podcast. That's how much of a nerd I am. That's it's like, kind of like liking your own photo on Instagram. Yeah, it's fine. There's okay. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's one more like. Yeah. Uh, so make sure you subscribe there. Uh, leave us a rating, five-star rating. Please. And leave us a comment. And then if you leave a comment, question, we'll answer it on yep. the pod. We're ready. Yeah. Other than that, we'll see you guys next week. Peace.